0: Yeah, I like the ones at uh, at CVS too. The Sinehasers are pretty sweet. Oh yeah, the Sinhaisers are all very nice, man. Yeah. Uh, but
1: this isn't a show about microphones. No. No, this is a show about beer, and we have the crazy bell that's going to go off in virtualness. And...
0: Is this that part of the show before? Yeah, this then? is that part of the show. Yeah. So yeah. It's part of the show, always <laughs> this weird. This is where <laughs>
1: never know where we're going. Well, like that, that one opening. that one time we had the guest on and we were talking about Mac stuff in the beginning, some guy wrote back like. For a moment, I was really confused. Yeah, like I turned
0: in for beer, and you geeks are talking about Max. <laughs> Wait until
1: you get constitutional law on our next show. Yeah, Twenty yeah. First Amendment at the Twenty First Amendment.
0: <laughs> now, do you have an official timer? So, like, you just start the thing, and the of, bell always goes off at the same amount no, of time. No. Into we this? had
1: one show where the bell—it's that bell right there on the wall. Yeah. Oh, it we, is? Had, we had one. <laughs> the of the mind We had. Yes. Uh, we, had we we did uh, uh, we did <laughs> a show at uh, Alternate Studio B. Yeah. And the bell had to travel to get us, and it took it fifty minutes to go off. Fifty five zero. Five, five yeah. zero before the intro of the show happens. <laughs> okay.
0: I will edit this myself if that happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was a normal show. It's just that the bell didn't come. The bell didn't come until the, the, the end of the show. <laughs> I see. It was weird.
0: <laughs> Very nice.
1: Speaking of, (laughs) you're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel halfway around the world just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and all the gear you might use to brew your own. The best part about Beer School is... The The homework. The homework is beer. And we have... Beer. Beer. We have beer in front of us. We have homebrew in front of us today. I did bring a bottle of homebrew. Unlike, uh, well, we had four bottles of homebrew on the last part of the, on the first part of the beer. Whose homebrew did you have? Uh, we had random listeners.
0: Okay. You know, uh, sent people, in there.
1: People that sent in. Uh, they Actually, they weren't random. They just, we decided to not name them by name. Yeah. For fear of embarrassment and uh, yeah. getting rolled by them later.
0: Well, we'll see how you like this before we name him by name also. <laughs>
1: So, with us today is Justin Crosley from The Brewing Network, also, which is, has a couple of shows. It's got um, The Session, which is a three-hour-plus show yeah. about brewing beer from a science point of view, from a craft point of view,
0: from a learning-about point of view. And from a... Uh dicking around point of view too (laughs) am i allowed to drop f-bombs and you can if you want Okay, okay but you generally don't but generally it's uh we try to be office friendly you don't. You don't have the explicit tag on your podcast. No, we, we,
1: no, we don't. Okay. <laughs> that's. A, we could put this one on the show, but you know,
0: it's. I know that you're used to that. I'm used to that. Well, I do both. You like so. getting out from that cage that's called uh, real radio. That's right. Well, I, <laughs> it, and that's the thing is that when I do these, it's uh, it's fun for me to not have to listen to the FCC. And right. When right. I'm at the other job, I have to listen.
2: It's not spelled FCC,
1: by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> And, uh, and also in this, the classroom is Motor. I'm always here. You're always here. Exactly. <laughs> there was a moment... The intern's then, tied up and gagged in the corner. Yeah, uh, That's has, for later. <laughs> well, no, uh, the evil empire has her Her.
2: We have attention. a real intern, if you've ever listened to the, the
1: nice, quiet
2: woman voice on the show.
0: Uh, you know, I have to admit, I don't, uh, I, I'm in this industry, but mm-hmm. I don't listen to this industry. There is one podcast on Earth that I listen to, and that is NPR. That's what kind of geek I am. And I've heard your show before. I've certainly heard it, but I don't listen. I can't say it. So I didn't know you had a chick's voice in here. We
1: have. um,
2: Besides the infamous Rockstar Bartender episode.
0: I heard bits of that. Yeah. I did hear some of that. (laughs) That Where's the intern today? She's gagged and balled in a corner.
1: She's She's got a real job.
0: Yeah, Yeah. We have to respect that sometimes. The evil
1: empire has her time today.
0: I see what you're saying. So this is
1: Home Brewing Part 2. The second half of the show is where we actually talk about Uh, getting getting into homebrewing and what what you might experience along the way in terms of what you'll spend, time you'll spend, and uh, experiences that you'll have. Mm -hmm. Because to put it mildly,
2: John and I sort of Gave up on the home brewing thing.
0: He did. Well, I did
2: you excelled and you?
0: Yeah, rolled so, it well, into this
2: internet career. <laughs> I
0: did tell you that of the brewing network uh, people, you got the wrong guy to talk about the home brewing. Uh, but I, I think the one part I can add to this is that I can relate to the mistakes that you fellas made, right. and that other people made, and I have. Uh, I would say that i've persevered more than i've succeeded uh, i've just kept plowing through okay so that I can help with that uh, you know
1: the issue that I have with homebrewing is that I don't have a place to homebrew right now um, because it does take a little bit more than a stove to do it to do it more yeah. serious
0: well there it, to be and that's the thing is it, it depends on how serious you're going to be. I know guys who have a, a one room apartment and i don 't mean one bedroom I mean one room apartment and a wife that lives there and they brew on their stove and they brew on their stove every week. And so, uh, I, I understand that you guys talked about it in part one that, uh, yeah. you know, you can do it that way, but you're going to be making a mess and, uh, eventually you're going to want to move on. And in general, that's true, but you can certainly do it on a stove. It's
1: a Very understanding wife who yeah. lets, you know, the stuff dry. And I would say that's sanitizer. the main ingredient yeah. to
0: staying brewing on a small scale on your stove is an understanding wife. It has nothing to do with equipment <laughs> or anything else. It's a wife. That's cool. You know,
1: and uh, neither of us have wife, so.
0: and neither do I, so it doesn't matter to me. I just, I just know from listeners that that's the case.
1: Well, you know, sometimes the listener, the collective knows more than we do. Yeah. Um. So I think the very first place that somebody might get started with home brewing is with a Mister Beer kit.
0: Okay. Well, that is certainly an option to get started brewing. It's
1: not a lot of money. It's about forty bucks, forty or fifty bucks. Yeah. Comes with. Um, comes with all the stuff you're going to need. It comes with a little keg that stuff the beer can ferment. Yeah, it comes with the beer parts. Um, and the more the ten dollar more one comes with real bottles that you can. That's right. That you can uh, put the beer in af- after uh, or for the bottle conditioning part.
0: And you can pick them up anywhere. Yeah, the Bevmo has them.
1: The um, Bed Bath & Beyond had them.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, they probably got them on special.
1: <laughs> Is that the Beyond part of Bed Bath yeah, & Beyond? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you were, if you were wondering what the Beyonds meant, it meant that they had a beer kit in the back. That's right.
0: Well, a lot of people ferment beer in their bathrooms anyway because of the, the cooler temperature. So it right. kind of fits with the Bed Bath & Beyond. Now, uh, can I talk about the, yeah, the, the, the Mr. Beer? Because I've actually, I, I'll say this. I've never knocked the Mr. Beer Kit. I have never said you shouldn't do it and you shouldn't start with it. And I won't start saying that now. Okay. What I do say, and, that I, uh, and I will tell you, is that if you like beer and, and then you enjoy brewing beer, you will not stay with the Mr. Beer Kit for more than, than one batch. Now, you will brew beer out of it. And, and, and it is all right there. When you take it home, all the ingredients are there. But if you're a real beer person, you, you enjoy the taste of beer, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're not going to enjoy the taste of the beer you know, that comes out of the, the Mr. Mm-hmm. Beer Kit. And, and that's not because the kit itself is, is awful, um, but the ingredients aren't, may, aren't, maybe aren't the freshest ingredients you can get. I don't know how long that's been sitting on the shelf. Um, but you can certainly, in a very cheap way, find out if you enjoy going through the process. Of making beer, and if you don't, you're out forty bucks. Well, but I, I just know, don't make your decision based on the end product.
2: I know nothing about Mister Beer. Uh, does it come in one style?
1: No, they have. Does it just make choose. beer?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like you ever been to the store and it's like that brown box that just says yeah, beer? beer. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if that's what did come out. I think you do get to choose recipes, right, John? Yeah. If you order, if you order from
1: the website, you get to choose the recipe or the style of beer that you. What are the to. choices? I don't know. There's a whole bunch. There's uh, okay. they have forty different styles. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of different things that you can try. I think they've um, expanded. That's, yeah, it's a lot. You know, so the well, it's the it's the same thing. It's yeast, barley, sure. water. Well, no, the water's not included. IPA powder, yeah, or yeah. stout powder, or however that word <laughs> is made. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all it, it's all there, um, and. I don't know. I think I would start off with an American style beer, whatever the most whatever their most popular is.
0: Just well, I think you know. In that case, just, like I said, the beer. I don't know. It's going to be great no matter what you make. So pick whatever you like. I mean, if you're an IPA fan and they have an IPA, pick that. You know, if you're if you just want a nice uh, pale ale, pick that. Um, I'm just m- my only concern about the Mister Beer kit to start with is that there are some uh, a little more expensive ways to start that your beer will be great. When you're done, even after your first batch, mm-hmm. and you're not out too much money, even if you didn't like the process. Okay. So here with the Mister Beer, you get the process. I'm pretty sure you're not going to enjoy the beer too right. much.
1: Well, it's basically it's a good way, if, if nothing else, download the instructions from the site because you'll get a good example. You'll have a good
0: example of how simple it is. Agreed. To brew beer, yeah, it's basically four steps. We always ma- say if you can boil water, you know, if you can make macaroni you can make beer I it's love it's macaroni. that easy yeah is macaroni, easy.
2: macaroni tougher or easier than ramen
0: uh the macaroni's a little tougher you little. gotta you gotta watch okay you know ramen you just it's it's easy
1: <laughs> so the thing with uh, the mr beer is that at the end of it you're you're doing the conditioning the final fermentation in the bottle
0: is that or in the the keg that the essential no, plastic keg they give you.
1: No, the little keg that they do is only for the first part.
0: So you have to have bottles, have, no matter what. You have
1: what. to have bottles, no matter what. I see. So, well, and I, that plastic keg is yeah. not a pressure vessel.
0: Okay, so you got to put it in bottles. Got to put it in bottles. That's okay. Most homebrew kits, I, I think most uh, again homebrewers should start with with bottling anyway. Okay. I mean, I think we'll get into some of the equipment you have to get later, mm-hmm. but a kegging system is something that if you enjoy brewing, you can't do without. But wait until you know you enjoy brewing, right? So, well,
1: because the thing is, is you can throw endless amounts of money at this problem.
0: Yes, you know, and that's what ends up. I mean, I think as we, I think as we go through this, yeah. that will be the bottom line. Is that uh, depending on how much you enjoy it, <laughs> you know, you could spend house and home. It's like you know. skiing. Yeah, exactly. Or any other hobby that you love. Right. It's it's the same as anything. I mean, I think there are even bowlers out there who uh, spend a fortune on shoes and bowling balls. Right. You know, and shirts. Let's not forget the shirts. And or model
2: railroading. Or model can, you can buy a lot of gear and a lot of expensive stuff Yeah. To play choo-choo.
0: Any good hobby, you could spend all your money on. If you can't, it's not worth it.
2: Unless it's flashing, then you just have to get one
0: good trench coat. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a fetish and not a hobby. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a fine line, There's though. There's a <laughs>
1: difference between... Hobby and fetish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a small difference, but a difference <laughs> might be the difference between a trench coat
0: and no trench coat yeah, or like jail and not and no jail. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay.
2: So we've, we've made our batch of uh, unremarkable beer with Mr. Beer and we've decided Justin was probably right there. So what do we move on to next?
0: Okay. So you enjoyed the process and, and you just didn't enjoy the beer. Um, I think you have some paperwork there from uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. That's right. Um, Although, uh, you know, any homebrew shop will have these things. Um, There's a couple of ways you can do it. What I love about places like More Beer and other homebrew shops Mm -hmm. who have it all together is that they sell you kits. And there's levels of kits. I mean, you can get a starter kit that even has the kegging system included. That's right. So you've got everything from, from brewing it up to putting it on tap in your house. And I like those options. I like it when, like, when I started, somebody bought me a beginner kit.
1: One it, of these uh, $80 kits. It
0: was the actually the intermediate kit the, this that one I was 100 got there. Bucks. So 100 bucks, something like that. Uh, it gave me everything I need, which was essentially a kettle large enough to do the boil I needed to do.
1: Oh, that's the... Uh the deluxe
0: one was it deluxe? What's that? One hundred and fifty yeah, uh, or something?
1: 200, 200 bucks.
0: Is there one above that too? Yeah, there is. Oh, there is. Okay, yeah. well, two hundred bucks then. Yeah, wow, that person spent a lot of money on me. <laughs> That's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, you know, you get everything. You get the vessel to uh, uh, ferment in, which is the carboy. Mm-hmm. You get all the hoses that you need to move the beer back and forth. You get a full ingredient kit um you get the bottles you get the devices to fill the bottles you get the caps you get the capper i mean you really have everything you need to finish uh two cases of beer your first batch really this is a lot of i get this question well, how much beer do you make and to me that was important too you know right 48 beers out of wow. one batch you brew uh five gallons and you get uh you know five gallons essentially 48 beers uh 40 pints if you're in england and uh It's a good deal. How many hectoliters is that? (laughs) that Not not even a hectoliter. Some small fraction of a hecto. So I like the kit idea, but I do want to say a lot of times you can find among your household items almost everything you need. Between your house and the hardware store? You're done, like
1: a, like a spaghetti kettle.
0: Big, exactly. If uh, you're in an Italian family or just a big family, you're, you're always cooking uh, large soups or, or uh, pastas. You probably have a large enough spaghetti kettle. If it's f- if it can hold five gallons, you're fine. It you don't have to. Have, you don't have to have, boil five gallons. It doesn't have to be stainless either. It doesn't. A lot of people use the ceramic ones. <laughs> I have a cheap ceramic one because uh, well, I'm cheap, and uh, <laughs> it's a five gallon kettle. Mm-hmm. And uh, while you will end up with five gallons of beer you obviously can't boil five gallons if the top of the kettle so you do a partial what's called a partial boil and it's a it's a concentrate and then you add water enough when you're done with the boil uh, in order to get it up to five gallons so if you have a big spaghetti pot um, you can pretty much buy a vessel to uh, ferment in which is i think 25 dollars or something
1: a a six gallon six and a half gallon carboy is 25 bucks actually it's yeah, it's right, right. With shipping, it's about that. Or- if you,
0: you can also ferment in uh, food-grade plastic buckets. I don't know if, if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know what I'm talking about, but it's basically like a seven-gallon plastic bucket with a sealed top, mm-hmm. and those are even cheaper. So that's a possibility for you.
2: Like what pickles come in.
0: Exactly, but do not, and I know this not <laughs> from personal experience, but from others telling me, yeah. do not use the pickle barrel. But I've you, been given one to use once from and a restaurant. It's got
2: enough sour in it that it just screws everything up. Screw
0: everything. Up. You'll. Ne- I don't care how many times you wash <laughs> that, you will never get rid of the pickle.
2: You know, I have a relative who was an industrial chemist, and she actually brewed in Pyrex. Is that right? Like, if you want to brew in the most expensive vessel possible, sure, get some Pyrex. It just steal it from work if you're an industrial <laughs> chemist. <laughs> if you're that good.
0: If you're that good. So a lot of times, you know, (laughs) and even the hoses that you need and things like that, you go to the hardware store and and spend another 20 bucks and and you can get all these things. So, uh... I'm just saying what I do like about the kits is that everything's there. And you're not going to come up with something in the middle of the brew and realize, oh, man, I forgot to get that.
1: I forgot the stirring uh, spoon. Or yeah. I forgot the... Right. And don't I think, stir with your hand if it's boiling.
0: I think that $100 kit has everything but the kettle. Is that right? It has
1: everything but the kettle. And, okay. and
0: that's a great deal. If you've got the kettle at home, you spend $100, bucks, you are making beer. The,
1: uh, the fermenter is plastic bucket. That's fine. So, you know, don't... Don't be put off by the fact that it's not glass it's and that it's yeah. plastic. And Now, there's,
0: no, there's a whole—as you become more advanced, there's a whole community of glass versus plastic people, and they're mm-hmm. constantly arm-wrestling each other for which one is right. When you start brewing, you do not care. Nope. <laughs> Brew in a plastic bucket and enjoy yourself. Well,
1: because it's brand new, so you don't have to worry about it being scratched exactly. or any of that, that yeah. other— Debate.
0: Sure. As you go forward, you'll find out, okay, plastic is porous. That's why the pickle one smells so bad, because the pickle juice actually seeped into the pores of the right. thing. If it gets scratches, you have sanitation issues. But the idea, when you first start brewing, is that you enjoy beer already. You hopefully enjoy doing things yourself anyway. Otherwise, you're not going to like brewing. It is an effort. It is much easier to go to the store and buy two cases of beer, let's face it. And if you're in a good area, you can get fantastic beer. Uh, if you're not in an area with good beer, you know you might not have any choice but to do a little work. Like so, the
1: guy from Missoula, Montana.
0: Like that guy. Although, uh...
1: is Black Star or whatever. Yeah,
0: that. I was just trying to think of it. Is Moose Drill? Moose, Drool. Moose, Drool Moose Drool is from Montana. Whatever brewery that is. And by the way, that's a great beer. That's a fantastic beer because <laughs> it comes
2: in an aluminum bottle.
0: Now <laughs> it does, why doesn't it, tastes it? So good. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got to enjoy making doing things yourself because it's work. It's an effort. But uh, you can start relatively cheaply for a hundred bucks if you enjoy beer, and uh, you just got to have fun doing it because it's a piece of cake. And after you do it a couple of times, then you'll start geeking out like we do, you know. And and you'll find out you enjoy it and all the things you can do. So,
1: there's a show that you did that's actually, um, and I'll put the link to the show in the show notes here, but it was uh, Brewing on the Cheap. Oh, yeah. That show was fantastic.
0: In fact, that was with Chris Graham yep. from Beer, Beer, More Beer. And right. to give you an idea of how cool they are, he was telling you how not to spend money at more beer. <laughs> right.
1: The guy, who, the guy who was like, no, you really need to buy a, a wort chiller. Like, yeah. no, actually, he didn't say that. He said, here's how to make one out of, some, that's, that's right. out of something uh, that you'd find in the hardware store. An old yeah. toilet in the garden house, pretty much.
0: Yeah, the Brewing on the Cheap Show was awesome, and not only for beginners, but for more advanced brewers, too. It, let's say that you go ahead and you get one of these beginner things and you want to do some of the upgrades we might talk about later. Uh, the Brewing on the Cheap Show tells you how to do that, yeah. too. So. you
1: know and the, like go down to your your local um uh, uh brewing still no cake, no your local, your local goodwill oh. and go trolling for for brewing parts yeah you know like kettles and and vessels and that kind of thing. It's all
0: we have. A, we have several listeners who have uh, told us that they were just at a yard sale one day and said, "Hey, what's all that weird stuff over there? You know, it looks like you were cooking up meth or something." <laughs> and uh, and, then, and it turns out it's all brewing equipment. They they bought it on the cheap. Sometimes you find it on Craigslist. You can find it on eBay. You know, a lot of people get out of the hobby because they uh, they get kids. They can't yeah. brew anymore, and uh, uh, you can find stuff cheap.
1: One thing, um, you know, you don't have to buy a. a a cooker. No, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. You know, like the misconception is you got to do it in your backyard
0: because. Well, and you're talking about it's like a standalone burner. Yeah, like uh, a standalone burner.
1: Uh, you know, you don't have to buy one of those right away because check it out. Uncle Fred's got one in his garage that he, yeah, that he uh, used for uh, setting the turkey on fire. Exactly.
0: You know, and I don't recommend doing that anyway, even if you could afford it, because. I'm going to say, it's not for everybody, and do it on your stove the first time. Exactly. Uh, You know, you don't need the standalone burner. Uh, Although, uh, on that note, a lot of times, especially like at the Walmart, and forgive me, I I hate to condone anything from Walmart, uh, but you can uh, always find like a a turkey fryer set. For like, <laughs> turkey, yeah. for like 60 bucks or sometimes even cheaper. Right. Uh, in fact, I don't think anything's 60 bucks at the Walmart, but uh, you can find it cheaper. <laughs> and, and that has almost everything you need, all the expensive parts of brewing right, right there. It's got a kettle large right. enough. It's got a lid. It's got a lid. It's got the burner. Yep. Um, and sometimes you get a little propane tank with it too. So you can look for that. If you wanted to, if your wife absolutely will not let you touch the stove, uh, you could get a, a turkey fryer kit pretty cheap and you can do it right in your back porch. So that's a good way to do it.
2: And that also throws off enough BTUs to boil your your water really fast.
0: Absolutely, you don't need a lot. Actually, I mean, I know brewers. Our uh, you know our co-host, Doctor Scott, I don't even know the number four hundred thousand BTUs or some ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like he could he could heat his neighborhood with his burner. And you know, <laughs> I have a Camp Chef, which is a really cheap. It's almost it's a little flimsy even. That might be dangerous. Uh, <laughs> but it's a very it's a very flim like you take it camping. That's what it was oh, okay. designed for like to like be able Coleman. to cook. Yeah, like a Coleman camp chef type of thing. That's what I boil on. And I have a I do a ten gallon uh keg system that I boil on. So um so lots of ways you can do it.
1: All right. Well let's talk about recipes. Okay. Okay. So I heard um it was about a year ago on your show. Mm-hmm. You were talking about had you known that all grain was so easy that you would have started there instead of doing uh, extract.
0: Yeah, I probably did say that. You did say that. I would take it back now. <laughs> well, actually, you know, you know what? I would put a, uh, I'd put an asterisk by okay. the statement because since I know that I love brewing, yes, I absolutely I, I could stand by that statement because for me, I dove right into it. I could have spent all the money to grow all grain because I'd still be doing it. Right. But I would not recommend anybody who's never brewed just to start all grain well
1: because you need a lot more gear you need almost
0: you need a little more gear um i would say that the gear that you need if you don't know how to make it yourself and there's a lot of ways to make it really easy um then yeah it's some it's some expensive stuff in fact the all grain stuff that i have was a gift from a listener how awesome that was um and But you can take a regular cooler, like uh-huh. the cooler that you go camping with, okay. and you can turn that into a mash tun for all-grain brewing. And in fact, you'll find, I think, a vast majority of all-grain brewers are using that kind of a setup.
1: Now, why would you use a, a cooler?
0: Because you need to keep temperature when you're mashing grains. Okay. Um, uh, the thing about brewing and brewing well, so we can talk about how easy brewing is, mm-hmm. but Ultimately, what you'll find, and this is why I say it is work if you want good beer, the thing to brewing well is uh, a number one is is cleanliness. Everything has to be sanitary.
1: Exactly. And I don't
0: mean you wash it with a little bit of dove and you keep your hands all soft. I mean, you've got to use a real sanitizer. To kill germs. Well,
1: there's a difference between clean and sanitized.
0: That's absolutely right. You can, cl- you should clean everything, and when you're done cleaning it, you sanitize it. And the key is that the product you're making uh, before it's beer is called wort, which is this this big sugary, uh, infection-prone substance. I mean, it's all kinds of bugs want to jump in there. Right. Uh, I think I went out with her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, you're <they're> like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, they're like sugar. There's <laughs> this mess of sugar. We want to eat all of it.
0: Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's so, what drew me in. A number one, and, and this we've done entire shows on this, uh-huh. several of them, is uh, sanitation. Um, and then two, the other thing I would say is consistency. Okay. And that's what I'm talking about, why you need a cooler and things like that, because when you're actually into all-grain <coughs> brewing, which means every part of your beer you're doing yourself... Um, you need to keep temperatures consistent. Right.
1: And, so you're writing stuff down. You're taking yeah. temperatures. You're
0: Yeah. Now, when you time. say you are writing stuff down... Not you. I personally am not, but that's because I'm a dumbass, <laughs> and I tend to uh, just kind of... And, and there's a lot of brewers this way. Um, we're actually what we call practical brewers. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of do it. We know it's going to come out well enough for us to drink, because right. I like really good beer, but I'll drink just about anything. So uh, that's why we make... Uh, like, I don't write it all down okay. but if you want to become you're
1: keeping track of your time
0: i keep track of my times because i know once i have a recipe i know what i'm supposed to do with it okay. so that i pay attention to and i try to write stuff down i'm getting better because i do want to improve like i didn't bring you guys one of my homebrews but i don't give anybody my homebrews because they're not very good so i brought you a homebrew from somebody who brews pretty well um if i wanted to get better yes i'd be writing everything down i'd be more consistent and uh you know these are things that as you get into the hobby it, it's it's fun for you Right. You know.
2: Well, it's also part of the, the, some people will be into like, what did I do this time? What are all the, the steps? I want to make the same thing again because this was amazing. Yeah. And so where is my record? And also some people think that way and some people don't think that way. I think That's I'm in right. the same boat with you. I'm much more, a handful of this and this went for this long and that went for that long. Right. And if you show me a sheet of numbers, I mean, I have a joke with my friend uh, that, Somewhere in college, all of a sudden, I would have nightmares that the fours are turning into knives and stabbing me in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, the problem with us, though, Motor, is that when we throw all that stuff in and magically uh, brew the best beer we've ever brewed, we will never be able to brew it again. True, And that's unfortunate. So the people who uh, write things down and they uh, make that best beer they've ever brewed, they go back to their notes and can reproduce that every time. So when you brew the beer that your friends love or that your wife loves or, or that your husband loves, whatever, when you brew that, you can go back and do it again if you're a smart brewer and not a, quote, Practical brewer.
1: So you wanted, You said you would take back your statement.
0: So I would take back my statement. Uh, in, I, I'd put an asterisk by okay. it because new brewers should not go straight to all grain. Okay. For, the, for
2: the kids at home, a quick, what is the difference between all grain and doing it the other way?
0: It's a good question, Mona. I th- we probably jumped right over that. Uh, okay, so when you buy one of these kits, you go right into uh, what's called extract brewing. And uh, so all beer has the four main ingredients the the malt or you know made from barley uh, water, hops, and yeast. The malt if you 're all grain, you are taking grains, actual grains and 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 you you grind them up and then you add hot water and that 's called mashing it 's pretty simple okay. uh, there's it can be complicated too, but that 's all you need to do uh, if you don 't do that you 're an extract brewer, and that means that somebody else took all the grains. Added hot water and made the wort for you.
2: The can of in in the terms in extract, it's a it's a can of goopy molasses like stuff.
0: Exactly, it's which the takes stickiest the
2: sugar. The sugar that you would pull out of the grain. Correct. And you just take this can of goop and add hot water. Yes. And you skip the first step of putting all the grain. But that
1: in. sounds like a manufactured thing. Like that mm. might be actually a pretty good product.
0: Well, and that's the thing. And this is why I would also say that it's fine to start with extract now. Years ago, you didn't know what you were getting from the extract companies. It was inconsistent. You didn't know how long it was sitting on the shelf. I mean, some of that stuff could have been there for years. Right. Now, they're so good at making extract. In fact, you could probably assume that they're a better masher than you are. They do it all day, every day. Their temperatures are exact. They know the efficiency of their kettles, all of these things that you need. For them, it's science. So the only thing you're concerned of is how fresh that extract right. is then. Well,
1: given that there's a lot more homebrewers yeah. than there were 10 years ago. Right. That, that
0: Although, it still depends on where you buy it from. So well, when you go to the shop, if there's a pile of dust on top of the extract, <laughs> move along.
2: Also, in, in cooking, I know a lot of people who cook very well and are very serious about it, but not often when the recipe calls for chicken stock do they get a chicken and make chicken stock. Mm-hmm. They get their chicken stock out of the, 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 the can or the the paper box thing. And yeah. It's the same sort of thing. It's one step that sometimes somebody does it better than you and you want to go through that step.
0: Yeah. In fact, I get all my meals out of a box. Really? <laughs> yeah. <But in laughs> so you ate all the sandwiches now. All the sandwiches, all the sandwiches are gone and I'm all <laughs> uh, meals in a box. Um, yeah. And, and And it's a... It is, is Obviously, it's a main ingredient. It's, it gives you all the fermentables, this extract. Uh, mm-hmm. It gives you body. It gives you flavor. It gives you all of these things. So it's important to know that it's fresh, but I'm saying that there's nothing wrong with using, uh, using it. We talked before the show, John. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, a brewing legend, one of my favorite guys on earth, John Palmer. Uh, in fact, we'll say right now that you should get his book, How to Brew. None of these people are mentioning pay me. You guys, should not, everyone here knows that I barely pay rent, so right. uh, I'm not plugging them. And, uh,
2: and get the book by going to the Brewing Network homepage and clicking on the link there. Now
0: that is that I will plug, too. <laughs> and that is a personal benefit. But uh, naming more beer and and this book How to Brew is actually because I really enjoy you know what they do. So anyway, How to Brew is a complete guide to brewing. Have but we anyway,
2: talked about Twenty First Amendment yet on this show?
0: Five six three seconds. 63. 63. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but John Palmer, this expert home brewer, I mean, he could brew beer you wouldn't believe. Right. He brews extract all the time. Wow. Because he enjoys it, and it's quicker. I also know a lot of other all-grain brewers who, uh, every other time, they'll brew an extract beer because it's faster, it's easier, and it comes out great. So, so
1: if you're making a beer for you know, your friends or your wife or whoever, that, yeah. that you have that consistency to say, oh, this is, the, this is that beer, okay, I can make that for you every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. Besides Brandon, who's lucky enough to brew for their wife?
0: Yeah, that's—we uh, always the like it Steve, when we hear yeah. those listeners, too. And
1: Roger. And Roger, yeah. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although uh, Claudia doesn't always like those beers.
0: <laughs> she, she does a good job of pretending exactly. she does, though. Yeah. Now, that, that's a good thing when you get to uh, brew, you know, for your partner as well. It's awesome. Yes. I have to say, it's a bit weird for me in here. It's my first uh, time on the other side of the interview. And uh You know, I was going to say the hunter is now the hunted. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a cameo. I've never done an interview since I started this thing. That's it's very odd. Two
1: years you haven't done the been on the other side. Yeah, We're just getting yeah. ready for about a
2: year
0: and a half when you're gonna be on entertainment tonight. <laughs> I just love the music on entertainment tonight. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Hey, can I talk about your building really quick? Yeah, go ahead. So yeah. it's a great studio. I like the studio. Thanks. I went to the I went down the hall to go to the bathroom, right? And uh it's a cool like there's this giant window where you can see right out. You're right on the water. Yeah. But I'm a tall guy. So like my my cash and prizes is above the window when I'm using the bathroom and yeah, I'm, there's
2: a choice of two. Urinals, well,
0: yeah, but I thought oh Mr. this is nice. I'll I'll be near the window so I can look out at the ships. Yeah. I look down there's a dude down there <laughs> just looking right up at me. I had to I had to stop and move to the other uh that kind of uh, so I was a little uncomfortable. Well,
1: you know, it is San Francisco, so the dude looking up at you is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or I was nor- the one who was out of place, not or, him. Or a bit normal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was kind of fun. Do you uh, like
1: it at the edge of the uh, the under construction wasteland?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I I thought I was lost. I thought you gave me the wrong directions, <laughs> oh, no, and no. then here well, you that's are. That's why
1: I gave you the map. Oh, yeah. here's the map. <laughs> the other the other guests
0: got here just fine. Okay, it was my <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> 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 my own stupidity. <laughs> Fair enough. The um, the other
1: thing with homebrew is that you know when you're when you get the catalog. And actually, you've got the kit, and then you have the catalog that comes with it because every every uh, purveyor of beer parts is going to send you the catalog. Sure, you're going to start getting enamored by all the stuff that you that yeah. there is. Oh yeah. yeah, and some of it's there to make your life easier, mm-hmm. uh, to make your brewing process go quicker or be in more control. But we don't really need this stuff, do we? No, but oh, yeah. you know, oh, like yeah, you need every piece. Like of the stuff. rotating bottle tree. Do you have one of those?
0: Uh, I do, but only cuz it was a gift. <laughs> I would not uh, I would never buy a rotating bottle tree. Do you
1: have a sanitizer injector?
0: I don't. No. That See? sounds fun though. Yeah. <laughs> you see the more you get into it like the more these gadgets are fun but like is the guy who's got a lexus parked outside that like floats two feet off the ground and has leather and jeep like does he need all that no no And
2: is he a better driver probably
0: not (laughs) in fact he's most likely more distracted which could the same could be said for your brewing some of the things you don't need but they sure are luxurious and and when you're into a hobby they're fun so there's a lot you can add, and that's kind of the cool thing is that once you know you're into it, and that's why I say it, it's, it's fine to start extract because you can easily go up, and the more you like it, the more you go up, and you can get lots of cool stuff.
2: I, I have a friend who uh, got really into brewing and was brewing really good beer, and he took stainless welding. First he took welding, then he took stainless welding yeah. so he could build his own Robo Brewery. Oh, sure. And by the time he finished Robo Brewery, uh, his first child was born and he never brewed again.
0: Oh, so the right? Robo
2: Brewery is sitting dust-covered in a oh, friend's basement. We need to get that thing it's out. It's yeah. amazing. Let's talk a, to him. Amazing thing. It's a waste and of... And I keep telling... Because his, his, his two girls are... And he would probably do this. I keep telling him, um, when are you going to teach the girls how to brew? Yeah. I mean, because his girls, his girls would do it. They're like... They're still young, but they, they would be totally into it. Well, I'm sure they would. And then, then all the, the, the dudes would be hanging out. We would go around like day... Uh, when digital cameras first came out, he would go to, to brew pubs, and he would like sneak in the brewery, and he would take pictures of welds. And he got to be like really, really finicky about whether or not that was a good weld. Or he had a weld, weld fetish. Oh, yeah. He had a total weld fetish. <laughs> he would look at like, uh, that's bikes. That's not a hobby. <laughs> <Yeah>. He'd look <laughs> nah. at welds on bikes. He'd look at welds here. How's this done? And just take pictures of everything. Yeah, that's strange. Just, yeah.
0: I got to say homebrewers are strange, though, too. We're strange. You know, we are strange. We're strange. I just got back from the National Homebrewers Conference, and this goes right along with what you're talking about here, John. This is how far into the thing you can get. There were over 800 homebrewers from all over the country at this conference, and you want to talk about freaky people. Good Lord. But uh, they're my people. It's fun. Like these are the, the like. Yeah. Whenever you get into it, look. You got Star Trek conventions. You got homebrewers conventions. <laughs> they're not a lot of difference, but it just goes to show when you're that much into it, you keep right on going. You can buy some really cool stuff. Well, there were some amazing people on that list that were
1: speakers at that. Oh yeah, at that convention. Yeah. You know. Th- uh, yeah, John. You had a thought. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna
2: oh, defer no. to me.
1: I was just gonna like. No, finish the talk. Say what you're gonna say. Right, I was just gonna say, out. you
2: know, if you get, <laughs> if you get to uh, comic book conventions, uh, there are a lot of guys whose ankles are bigger than my torso. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, the women at comic book conventions are totally hot. Really dressed up. Uh, I've crossed uh, the big show that takes place in San Diego. And Comic-Con. I just fell into one in, in Atlanta when I was headed out to go see Cal play football. The girls are like, the, the couple of girls that are there are just like corseted up and dressed up like
1: Xena or Wonder Woman and are all steamy hot. I had no idea. And, and yeah. the geeks won't go and talk to them because they're all intimidated. By oh,
0: them. sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: All they're right. Like, ah, ah, ah. So yeah, that,
2: you know, it's it's uh, maybe a quarter of a percent of the total attendees. Yeah, But you're just like, you're walking down the street dressed like that? I'm from San Francisco, <laughs> and I'm pretty shocked.
1: <laughs> That's great. So let's talk about what we're going to put our beer in after it's, well, my before, belly. No, no. Get in my belly. Uh, before right. we get to there, how long does this take?
0: Well, it depends on the beer. Okay. Um, I love it's, it. I hate it, by the way, when my guests come in and every answer to their question is it depends. Well, no, it's because
1: true. it does. It, do, it depends on if you're making one of two kinds of beer.
0: Yeah. Uh ales or lagers, uh, there's only two kinds of beer. Right. But it also then depends on uh, the gravity of the beer, which is to say how strong that beer is going to be. Um, it depends on a few factors. Some beers uh, you can drink right away, and they'll taste fine. Other beers, you could drink right away, and you'll get drunk, but you, they won't, it won't be nearly as enjoyable as if it sat for, say, four or six months. You never know. Okay. Some beers have to sit around for a year. So, but let's say that for a general rule, if you're just going to start brewing, uh, from brew day to drinking day to uh, basically party day, you invite all your friends over, mm-hmm. uh, one month. Okay. You can do it in a month. If you did a nice Hefeweizen, a, a, an easy wheat beer, right. you could almost be drinking in two weeks um so there's a couple of ways you can do it uh and i will say it's a factor you should think about it because i was jumping out of my skin the first i brewed an ipa for my oh, first batch
1: that's an ambitious um, thing to brew
0: it, yeah i just was like well it's what i like i'm not gonna <laughs> brew something i don't enjoy what's the point point? and it, it was only a month i mean i drank it after a month mm-hmm. so you're not even, i'm not even talking about a long time here but that month drove, drove me crazy I, I was you know Give me the beer. Give me the beer. So you got to have some patience.
1: You
2: stare at the carboy and you watch it bubble. Oh yeah, You're like, blah, blah,
0: which blah, is fun, by the way, blah, for blah. me.
1: <laughs> and actually, that's one of the promos on your show, which is to
0: yes, sit down is to
1: watch the yeast have you know, sex. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do
2: it. <laughs> we were just having uh, a conversation about sitting around and watching hops grow. <laughs>
0: could do you that. Can, they you, grow fast. Yeah, uh, but he, so here's the, the essential process: is two weeks of fermentation. Um, Two weeks, or let's say another week to relax, um, and another week to 10 days to carbonate. Okay. So, you know, you could be drinking beer in uh, four weeks easily. So other beers, you want to brew like a, if you're a a barley wine drinker, forget about it. Sit that thing in the corner for a year and don't even talk to it.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't look at it.
0: Don't look at it. Don't talk. Don't just move forget it. forget it's there. That's what they yeah. tell me Shine all the time. i like a
2: redheaded stepchild. And
0: this is the big like everyone makes fun of me cuz I just can't do that. I brew things that I can drink in a, a month. That's my max, you know. I So
1: how many brews do you have going at any given time?
0: Uh well between myself and uh, my roommate, uh we probably have 2 to 3 beers going at any given time. Wow. You know. Um and, you know, along with gadgets and things that you can improve, uh, we talked about consistency and mm-hmm. consistency of numbers. So when you're fermenting beer, yeast is the, is the, the uh, tool, uh, uh, the catalyst for fermentation. It's a, little, it's a little organism that goes in and eats sugar. Uh, its byproducts are CO2 and alcohol. And uh, all yeast like consistent temperatures. Okay. Now, what what that temperature is, now that changes. It depends on the strain of yeast. But they like them to be consistent. Like so, 70 degrees. Well, let's say, for example, 70 okay. degrees. If a, if a certain yeast likes 70 degrees, my point is, um, here you can get into buying things to keep it at 70 degrees. Because if it goes, you know, down, to, if it likes 70 and it goes down to 60, uh, it's not going to work too hard. It gets right. tired and sleepy. If it likes 70 and it goes up to 85, you're going to get a bunch of weird flavors in your beer. So, because
1: it's, over, it's overworking.
0: Yes. Uh, it, well, yeah, it just goes crazy, exactly. And, and it's... Uh, it's well,
1: it'll eat all the sugars faster, it'll die sooner.
0: Uh, all sorts of all things. Soon. And it puts off what we call esters and all sorts of other things. So uh, I guess all I'm saying is, um, you know, as you get to be a better brewer, you start to find these things out, you know. And when you, when you brew your first batch, it'll say what you're supposed to ferment it at. Find a corner of your house that is as close to that as you can get, okay. and you'll be fine. Uh, But as you move forward, you're going to want to hit that exactly. If it says 62 degrees, you're going to want to find a way for your beer to be at 62 for two weeks.
1: Craigslist free.
0: Yeah, that's how (laughs) I got mine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You you hold it up a a set of stairs, too.
0: Yeah, so that's why my roommate likes to tell me that it was not free. And it was not free (laughs) at all. We got a chest freezer. Chest freezers are great, not only for storing kegs, but also to ferment in, because there's plenty of room, and they're really efficient because they're used to keeping things below freezing, right. uh, as opposed to, at say, 60 degrees, 50 the degrees. The walls are thicker. Yeah. So we found this. Uh, actually, it was 75 bucks on Craigslist, and that was fine for me. I needed one that day, because I'm impatient. I needed one that And the, we wanted to I, brew that day. You woke
2: up that morning, you were in the shower, and you go, damn it, I need a chest freezer now. <laughs> That's right. That's
0: pretty much how it went. Well, it went like this, because I knew I wanted to brew that day, and I was tired, of screwing up my batches. And I knew that one of the things that I do is keep a yeast that's supposed to be at 62 degrees while it's fermenting at 72 degrees, and I can't give my beer out to anybody. So I said, I want to brew today, but I won't do it unless I get a chest freezer. I go to Craigslist. I find one for 75 bucks. I give her a call, and she says, I'll tell you what, I, I need some stuff moved. If you, if you help me move some stuff, I'll give it to you. And I'm not, I'm not entirely stupid, so I go, now, what are we talking about here? Move. And she's like, well, a couple of things, and it's up a flight of stairs, like one, one flight of stairs. Well, I got a pretty flight
1: big... Flight of stairs would have been the deal killer.
0: For Should me. have been, but she sounded like a nice lady, and like I said, I needed a chest freezer. <laughs> so, <laughs> my roommate's a big guy, so we go down there. Turns out she lives in the Oakland Hills, down a hill. The chest freezer is down another hill, <laughs> so we have to haul it up a two-foot-wide rickety fence up a, a hill, which is actually uh, three flights by the time we get there.
2: But it's a straight line, so technically it's one flight.
0: No. No? It turned three times. If <laughs> it's not yeah, a straight line at all. <laughs> and I've was seen, this a
1: kindly old lady? And I've seen and, this chest freezer. It's wider than two feet.
0: Yes, so we're, it's like up at uh, head height above our, you know, and we're carrying it, and it was three flights, and, and I'm not kidding when I say, I'm not exaggerating when I say the stairs were breaking under our feet, <laughs> under the weight, like I fell through <laughs> one of the stairs. Indiana Jones. I got my chest, chest freezer, freezer, and I brewed yeah, that geez. day.
1: <laughs> what else you have to move?
0: We had to move some desks d- from the top down those three flights He's of right stairs. slide. And then like onto the second floor of her house that was down. It was a big mess. But uh, I can
2: relate to that because you know. I was uh, remodeling a house in the Berkeley Hills, not far from a house that we both know in the Berkeley Hills, with a friend of mine. And the project, uh, for lack of a better term, sort of turned south. Yeah. And we had two nice bathtubs on site, the nice cast iron brand new bathtubs. And same thing, three flights down off the street. Yeah. And to return them, we had to bring them back up. Ugh. And cast iron bathtubs are the scariest thing you could ever possibly deal with because they'll crush you and kill you just for fun.
0: Yeah, I had to quit right there.
2: And we were coming up like through mud. I mean, our stairs were even like, they were like stone and half covered in mud. <laughs> and we we're like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I can. I feel your pain on that one.
0: Yeah. I mean, she would have paid movers a couple hundred bucks to do what we did easily. But I got our chest freezer, so I'm and happy. you're making better beer because and of I it. Make so beer. it's all kumbaya. It's almost drinkable.
1: So the the end product, it's got to go into something so that you can serve. Yeah. Where does it go?
0: Okay. So my uh, serving vessel of choice is a keg and a kegging system. But that's because I went through the bottling process. I know that I like it, and so I was willing to spend the money on the kegging system. So when you start brewing, you should bottle. You should definitely bottle. And um, here's the thing. Uh, You know, when you bottle, there's two things that become uh, more difficult, but it's cheaper. One is that you carbonate the beer in that bottle. You do what's called uh, natural carbonation. Um, and that's because the, you add just a little more fermentable to the, to the beer as you put it into the bottle. And uh, the, the, the very little yeast that's left in there uh, eats that fermentable. And like I said earlier, one of its byproducts is CO2. The bottle naturally carbonates. Um, but it takes two weeks to do that. So it's a little bit longer. Um, and it also, if you're not really good at it, could be a little bit inconsistent yeah but it comes in your first kit and it's cheap and it's easy enough to do that you will uh, enjoy those bottles of beer without having spent a bunch of money.
1: What's the downside of that?
0: That uh, like I said, some uh, my, I found my carbonation to be inconsistent. Because if, you if say, too much fermentable lands in one bottle, as opposed to evenly dispersed through all of them, um, you can get what we call gushers. I brewed a batch of gushers. And they will either explode on their own because of the pressure. There's too much sugar in there. Or you just pop them open and they do nothing but foam and foam and foam and... That didn't really bother me. I just let them do that until the carbonation went down (laughs) enough to drink.
2: Also, from the lazy end of things, you've got to wash all the bottles. Yeah, that's the other. If you're you're doing doing a a... five-gallon keg, you can wash one thing once. Yeah. And you got to collect the bottles, yeah. Or you, you, gotta collect, gotta buy or you the could
0: bottles. buy them. You could buy them. Um, I collected them. I think I got a batch. You get a batch in one of those kits. You get forty-eight bottles. Mm-hmm. But then, if you want to brew another batch while that stuff's still carbonating, you, you know. I so I collected. I drank enough beer at the time that I always had forty-eight bottles around. But you're right, motor. You need to clean the labels off. You need to clean them. Then you need to sanitize them. Then you need to bottle each individual one and cap each individual one. But this is. It sounds like a lot of work. But when you're first starting, it's all part of the process, and it's. It's actually really fun.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's fun. I
0: mean, you're sitting there in your kitchen, and you're going, I'm bottling my own beer. This is amazing. (laughs) And not only that... You get to hand somebody a bottle of your beer. That's that you, true. That you
1: That's put true. in that bottle.
0: That's right. And it's like any other bottle of beer. It, you got to pop the top. It's cold. It it goes, it, it's. <laughs> and, you, and I got to say, that part was especially because half of my first batch I put into 22 ounce bombers. Uh-huh. And how awesome it was to hand <laughs> my friend a 22 ounce bottle of IPA wow. that I brewed. And I was really stoked about that. So that's fun. But after a while, uh, it becomes sort of the most work involved, and it's not so fun. So I switched to what Motor mentioned. Uh, You can get a five-gallon keg, which are essentially old soda kegs. Oh, okay.
2: Before 7-Eleven-wise stuff, they were really easy to get from (laughs) 7-Eleven. Yeah. Uh, Now they're tough. I I mean, most of my friends, I'm sure, bought them. They weren't just waiting until (laughs) 3 in the morning and stealing them. No. Because that would be wrong.
0: It would. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> those are
1: called corny kegs.
0: They're called corny kegs. And before the soda industry switched over to those syrup bags, okay. which are cheaper and easier to use, they used to use these stainless steel corny kegs. And so there was uh, – everyone knows how much soda we drink, especially here in America. Uh, so there's this huge surplus of uh, five-gallon stainless corny kegs. And fat children. And and fat kids. There's a surplus <laughs> of both. That's exactly right. Both byproducts. And – uh so uh, homebrew shops and homebrewers alike uh, found that they could use those to uh, keg their beer in. So that's what I have. I have a, a five-gallon system. You get a uh, small CO2 tank and a regulator, and you can get that either at the hardware store or the homebrew shop. It doesn't matter. You're talking about, I think, I think, they're like $180, and you can get one five-gallon corny, the CO2 tank, and a regulator plus the hoses. So $180, bucks, you have got a keg system in your house, you know.
1: And when that CO two goes flat,
0: <clears throat> go fill it.
1: You just take it down to uh, air gas, mm-hmm. pay them twenty seven bucks. They give you new a new, ca- uh, new yeah. CO two. That's right. You give them your old one, and you're on
0: your way. If you got a good homebrew shop, you just bring your old one, put it on their shelf, and you take a full one. You yeah. pay them whatever the price is. You don't even have to wait. It's like thirty right. bucks, yeah. and you're on your way. Yeah. So. Um it's definitely easier to do that. Plus, um, the fun that I talked about of handing somebody a bottle mm-hmm. actually turns into the fun of, hey, I got a tap in my living room. Oh, yeah. That. And pouring your buddy a beer uh, off of the tap uh, is kind of the next step. So, oh, that. so that's uh, how I, I serve that was now. A,
1: I thought that was a Fred. I was like, where do we get a Fred? No, no, no. No, it's a Widmer.
0: Widmer? It's so
2: it's my beer that when it's really good, I love it. Right. This is one of the beer, and when it Widmer Hefeweizen. Widmer is is a fragile beer, so sometimes it's just like, eh. I'm looking. You, are you going? To, are you going to the uh, OBF?
0: Notice, I know. I know. I'm how excited you are that. about that. I'm trying. I looked at flights today. Train. I'm, uh, I'm trying to do it.
2: I'm taking the train all the way up to Seattle and then coming it's not back much cheaper, is, is it? How much is the Trains train? Like sixty or seventy bucks each way. Each way. Because flights really are three hundred bucks right now.
0: No, I flights think, are. Oh yeah, you might be right. Now, I looked on Southwest. I don't think it was that bad. I'm trying to go. I love the Oregon Beer Festival, too. Now, you talking about this Hefeweizen being fragile, uh, and you're absolutely right. It's one of the beers I talked about when I said you could actually brew a wheat beer or a Hefeweizen and be drinking it within two weeks, and that's because they're great when they're well cared for and they're fresh. It's not one of these beers you want to age and have sitting around. Yeah. You know, so if you're impatient like me and you like Hefeweizens, I say go, Brian, turn off the show right now. Come back to it later. But go buy a brew kit right now because you are the guy who is meant to, to homebrew because, man, you can do it quick and you'll love it. It'll be as fresh as you can get it.
1: So I, I'm, I've decided to take your advice. Okay. And I'm kegging my beer. Okay. Can I still put it in bottles?
0: Absolutely. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can just pour it right from your tap into a bottle. You know, that's possible to do. You take a, You just put a hose on the end of your tap so that it actually goes to the bottom of the bottle, and you you, you just bottom fill the beer. You can really do that. And uh, the key is that you want to cap on foam. So you want to pour it until it's overflowing. You you pull it out. Uh, It should still be foaming over. You put the cap down on that. And the reason is, like we talked about before, beer is really easily infected. So uh, the assumption is that if things are coming out of the bottle, nothing is falling in. So it's a good time to cap it.
2: Still. None of what you just said sounds like safe sex.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not at all.
1: Sounds that's like what Brewpuff the, do. Though when you get your when you get your growler, or you get your sure. beer box. Yeah, but, just this pour is, right in there. but this is this is the uh, this is the the missing link.
0: It's like the, the cap, the cap. Yeah. I mean, there's. I still you seal can, it.
1: I I could still have. I could have something on the cap that causes my beer to get infected.
0: Uh, you sanitize it. Okay. You sanitize everything. The bottle is sanitized. The caps are sanitized. Everything. So you. Know, I'm not saying that this is the best way to bottle beer anyway, but there are ways to keep it from being infected by doing it the way I'm talking about without having to buy what is called a counter pressure filler.
2: That's one of the toys that
1: all the cool. That's one you of of the have toys. it on your gadget yeah, that's sheet right there. That's <laughs> on the gadget sheet.
0: I don't have one yet, and only because it's too complicated for me to figure out, but it looks like a lot of fun.
1: Oh my gosh. I have used one of these things, and it is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I would just go straight to getting a canning line.
2: <laughs> just goes to
1: skip right ahead. Well, no. Yeah. The thing is, is that if this isn't too far from a canning line, if you know how to make one of these things, sure. then you could make a canning
0: line. Oh, sure. I mean, you could do... Well, and here's what happens. When you go to a a microbrewery, uh, essentially, the beer that's made there uh, never sees air. It almost never sees the light of day until you're drinking it. It's a closed system. Mm -hmm. So once they're done boiling and the lid is closed on that kettle, it only travels from hoses to tanks to hoses to tanks, and it's never really poured through the open air. Well... In homebrewing, you can do that. There are ways you can do that. In and, fact, I, a lot of homebrewers do. And the counterpressure bottle filler is one of the parts of that link because it will go from the keg. It actually closes off the top of your bottle, bottom fills, just like we talked about, mm-hmm. but allows air to come out.
1: Uh, and the, but the secret it. of this one is it has a two... Ve- Two vents. One of them is for CO two, yeah, and the other is for the beer.
0: Because you you purge the bottle with CO two right. first, and this again is uh, you're not just worried about uh, infections from the air. You're worried about air itself. Oxygen is the enemy of beer. It's a it's an awful, terrible thing for beer. One of my favorite uh, stories uh, about myself because I used to think this is. Uh, So, you know, you guys have your keg party, right? And you go down to the BevMo, and they give you the keg, and they give you the pump tap handle where you have to pump air in. Right. And, uh, you know, we've all had those keg parties. And let's say your keg party wasn't quite the rager that you thought it was going to be, and you got half a keg of beer left the next morning. Hmm. No big deal. You invite the friends over again. But you find that the next day, the beer is sort of cardboardy. It's a little bit stale. And I always assumed, and a lot of people assume this, it's because the keg warmed up overnight. You didn't keep it on ice. And that temperature change is what ruined your beer. It's not true. What ruined it was all that oxygen that you pumped into the keg all night when you guys were pumping it. So in any case of of your beer's life, except when you first add yeast to it, Oxygen is the enemy.
2: I also, uh, if you're going to have a party with a keg and you're making more than half of minimum wage, you should invest in your little CO2 thing because your friends are going to be a lot cooler going, Ooh, look, I just pull the lever and the beer comes out. Exactly. And or you know your friend where you can borrow that for the weekend.
0: That's right. And well, now I'm all into buying like cool levers for my kegerator too. Like so it looks like like I have a new I have a Firestone Walker one and mm-hmm. it's like a miniature of the real one. Of the handles? Of the real handle, but it's like exact miniature. And a, a listener uh, just handmade me from like rare African wood.
3: Wow,
2: <laughs> from a tusk uh, of an uh, elephant. Yeah, yeah something <laughs> uh, around going. I have no tusks yeah, left.
0: <laughs> there's some dead animal somewhere, I'm sure. Or maybe uh, Springshaw
2: from that whale that was floating around the delta. <laughs> it could have been
0: that. <laughs> and it's got like the Brewing Network logo branded into the top of it. Wow, and you and really it's got awesome. Stockers, like I can. Don't you? Yeah, they're awesome, man. I love these guys. We
2: just got. We just got glasses. Yeah, yeah sent <laughs> some
0: glasses. Sent you glasses? Yeah. I'm trying to get a uh, this beer below. Belongs to John. It says that's great.
2: <laughs> and there's one over there that says just a beer belongs to motor. And that's uh, ah.
0: Listeners are cool, man.
2: What's his name from
1: someplace? East Coast. Yes. We talked about this already, I think.
0: Okay. Well, so that's my new thing is you know there's it just goes along with the other things you can buy. So yes, if you decide to take my advice and you get the keg, you can still bottle. It's a piece of cake, and you get to have fun with your kegerator too. You well, know. like
2: twenty something years ago when I was in college. Of doing architecture We would go down to the this, this store in Berkeley Where you got all your drawing supplies The Inkstone And the guys at the Inkstone Would tell all of us Little architecture students You know the more money you spend here The better your grade will be Oh nice <laughs> It's like I have an electric eraser Yeah Every you know The only thing I never got A friend of mine had That I was always jealous about She got a circle cutter And it's like You would, you would put this thing And it's like a compass And you would drag it around With a knife To, to cut perfect circles Oh yeah There was also uh, The paper chopper thing those paper choppers that you see in every office oh yeah those are really expensive they are never got a paper chopper 300 bucks
1: ouch yeah but
0: another question for gear
1: sanitation where it's stored
0: yeah how long does the beer last uh in my house about three days (laughs) Uh, Depends on the beer, if, uh, if you mean you're going to kind of age it and keep it around. Yeah. Uh, the general rule is that a high, the higher the gravity, which, like I said earlier, means how high the alcohol content is. So when you beer brew beer, school,
1: beer... On beer school, the gravity is the thing that keeps the beer in the, the glass. glass. What, what's the gravity <laughs> of the beer? The, yeah, it's what keeps it <laughs> in the glass. What keeps it in the
0: glass, yeah. <laughs> well, you have to change that if you guys go back to home brewing because the gravity essentially is a number that tells you how much uh, sugar is in solution. And then you can calculate how much of that sugar in solution is going to be eaten by the yeast mm-hmm. and leave you with uh, how much alcohol in your beer. So uh, let's say, let's take for example, a, t- a number of a high gravity beer would be like 1080 okay uh, i, I recall
1: that's a big number
0: it's a it's a fairly big there they they come they come bigger but a ten eighty is a is a it's it's one point zero eight zero and that's a measurement of sugars in solution that beer you can assume will age very well it'll have a lot of alcohol in it. Um, it, it'll also be a, a fairly large-bodied beer, and those things tend to stand the test of time. Alcohol is sort of a preservative. You also uh, may or may not have added a bunch of hops, which is also a natural preservative. Um, so there's a lot of things that can make a high-gravity beer last a long time. Now, let's say you make what they call a session beer or a hefeweizen. The gravity on that's going to be it's going to be fairly low. Off the top of my head, uh ten thirty-five. Okay. Um, so we just went from 1080 big 1035 not so big. Um, I'm not saying that that beer won't last you 6 months because it very well you know could be great. A storage sure how you keep it. Yeah. Just keep in mind that a lot of these are general rules. There are low gravity beers that will last you plenty a long time. There are other low gravity beers like a Hefeweizen you should throw a party after you brew it and get rid of it.
2: Well we had John and I were lucky enough and this is the one that just completely blew yep. me away. Everyone baffled. We we did, we did the show called What's in Nico's fridge? Where we went Ah. down to Fresno to record Nico and he's just like pulling stuff out of his fridge. We had a and remember the eight year anniversary of twenty first amendment is coming up in August. Oh yeah. We had a nine year old bottle of watermelon wheat.
0: Oh, is that right? Was it awful? No, it was amazing. Was it really good? It
2: was absolutely amazing. It was different from what the watermelon wheat is now. Wow. And it's like how that's a beer that shouldn't in 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 common beer knowledge of beer that should age. That beer should have tasted like crap. But right. it was amazing. Because it's, well,
1: it's been moved three times at least <coughs> since it since it was brewed. Sure. So but it could well, have been travel like said, damaged. It could have been heat damaged. It could have any been. Any number of things. Well, yeah.
0: even in a bottle, too, uh, the caps tend uh, to be. Uh, they tend to leak also. Right. Caps are not foolproof, and over time, um, oxygen will permeate and things Except like that.
2: Except Sierra Nevada's new their new caps, caps are supposed to not. That's where they've right. Gone, we went into that on whatever, on how Sierra's gone. Back from twisties to to pryoffs.
0: Yeah, and the reason was not just to have pryoffs, but because of the new technology of the pryoff. Right. But like I said, all of these are general rules, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me that the watermelon wheat, you know, was great. Uh, it, but it doesn't go with the general rule. There's always right. exceptions. That's all.
2: And it's also a beer that that's not a beer you want to age. Yeah, that's not the. If you think of like somebody makes a raspberry stout, raspberry stout is something you want to put away and let it. Yeah,
0: let it stick around of itself so to speak <laughs> well now this homebrew you're about to open here is, if I remember right, it's a Doppelbock, right? It is. Now, a German Doppelbock is a nice, uh, heavily bodied, and generally high in alcohol beer.
1: So this will age really well. That will
0: age nicely. In fact, the only reason I brought that one is because I have another one to age. Okay. And, and I know that that one's probably about five months old now, so it should be really nice. Um, but I could keep that around for a year and a half, as a long as longer. I don't let it sit in 80-degree you know, temperatures. Um, and it'll be fine. So ho- hopefully this one will, will be good. All
1: right, well, we're going to open this now. We'll find
0: out. It's speaking ah, to us. That's a good sound in a homebrew. It brew, is a good sound when it gives you a. This you know is it's a still this carbonated. cap is
1: interesting. It says, "Oxycap." R. <laughs> <laughs> R. Yeah. There's this felt. is a this is a new the the new seal stuff. Ah. Oh, okay. That cap is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm going to check this out. For the people well, at home the color Street. looks good. The foam looks good on the top.
0: Looks like a Doppelbach. That's looks a good like thing. Looks like a Doppelbach. So this is a homebrew from a listener. Wow, it smells very good. And he's given me some other homebrews before. I've liked every one of them. So I like I,
2: the, the extra mile that he went with the wine top. Yeah. However that works. I was looking at it. It's like the let, the wine letter, something on top of that. Yeah, he he. Uh... See this is again. So when you become really good at this, how many how many, you know, well, we need to put our listeners up to up to a challenge. Okay. How much beer do you get sent in by listeners, like say a week? And feel free to lie so that you know our listeners. Will I have a, a lot of beer. There is
0: actually a, a reefer truck that appears at my door every Wednesday, and uh, it's by about reefer, a pallet load.
2: Refrigerated, yeah.
0: The, well, oh, I am sorry. The yes, there is also <laughs> a refrigerator truck that appears every Wednesday. Uh, yeah, a pallet load. Um, yeah, I get quite a bit. In fact. I've kind of quelled it recently because they know I got backed up. I had a lot of beer. I, couldn't, I could no longer fit my kegs in my chest freezer because I had listener beer. So we had a big, like, listener beer-off. Yeah. We did one show where we just judged everybody's beer. And uh, by judge, I don't mean like we were being judgmental. Uh, in homebrewing, there's a whole guideline called the BJCP Guidelines, and they tell you what a beer, uh, you know, within certain standards should be like. So right. we kind of took each beer and told people how close they got so anyway since then i've asked people to you know slow down a little on the sending beer Do but have it's an always IPA fun in
2: the fridge that could be judged by the, by the... oh you know what i didn't put that IPA oh, in. You didn't put it in i didn't fridge. put that no <laughs> okay no You're no no, no i will just get um <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> now this, this beer this homebrew yes before we go to judging something else you know that we were hoping was going to be really good i'm going to uh-huh. tell you right now it's infected It started out good, I think, because I had another bottle of it. uh, I had three altogether. The first one was fine. This one, not so much. The one at home, uh, we'll see in the future. And a lot of times infections will come up that way. What happens is um, there might be some small organisms in your beer uh, all along, and they didn't get boiled off or they jumped in. Actually, they'll always get boiled off. Maybe they jumped in after the fact. And when you drink a beer fresh, uh, it's, they usually haven't taken hold yet. They haven't had time to do anything. Maybe you'll open a beer six months later, and you'll, and you'll go, Wow, that's not the beer I brewed. It now is a little cat pissy. And uh, this, one isn't, this one is actually telltale because it's a little uh, medicinal. Yeah. If you ever, now, you get these at brew pubs a lot, even from commercial beers. You ever go to a brew pub, and you get a beer, and it tastes like a Band-Aid? Not that I go chewing on Band-Aids, but you all know what that smell is, right? <laughs> right, um, that, that medicinal flavor is a telltale infection. This one's a little sour, a little medicinal. Well,
1: the, at the end, at the way end, like after you have a sip, and then about 30 seconds later, it's like...
0: Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, so we won't tell this gentleman's name. Right. Because he generally brews good beer. These kind of things happen. They, there is a brewer, um, a local brewery, that I won't mention its name either because it just happens on accident... Um, He put out, I think, two different sorts of beer this year, and that somewhere in his bottling line or in the process, there was an infection, and the beer was great if you drank it the night that you took it home. Right, And I did drink some the night I took it home, but I took another six-pack, and it sat in my fridge for two months. And when I opened it, it was awful. It was terrible. And I love this brewery's beer. So uh-huh. it happens. Whether you're homebrew or not, you know, you got to be careful all the time. Somebody
1: might sneeze at the exact wrong time. <laughs> Anything like that.
0: <laughs> right. We have, uh, you know, the Jamil show on the uh-huh. Brewing Network. Uh, the rumor is that he actually brews and bottles in, like, a cryogenic suit. He makes his whole family wear masks. They're not allowed <laughs> to use a vacuum within three days of bottles. Like all sorts of things. Right, I was
1: going to say, what's the one thing in in brewing, home brewing, that kills the beer every single time?
0: Uh, Improper in, uh, in sanitation. No,
1: the va- the wife vacuuming.
0: The wife vacuuming. Yeah. Well, and Doc on the show will always say, um, you know, if your wife is mad at you, you'll know because when you're bottling, the vacuum goes on because <laughs> she's not stupid and knows how to get at you. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> you've uh, you avoided talking about your best show.
0: Uh, the Drunken Show. Lunch meat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> are we getting a lunch uh, meet man. this week? No, not till next week. I don't. Uh, in fact, I'll give you guys a little <laughs> inside of one of the topics of the next lunch meet. JP and I have decided that lunch meat is kind of like a unicorn. Like uh, <laughs> it's a unicorn. Well, people believe oh, it's, it's only magic. Sure, well, people believe that it exists, but it, whether or not it ever shows up, you don't know. I, I rarely ever post the show. I don't know if there there's these mystery shows. Right. I don't like to promote Lunch Meat at all. I think it's an awful piece of shit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we
1: we talked about doing a, a sister show to it. Oh, yeah? Called This Week and Whatever. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would prefer it if you called it, like, Cold Cuts, so that it's oh, yeah. really cold like, a, like lunch, a sister, like, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: but, no, that would be the idea. Because all the, the other shows John does
1: are This Week in Media and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, all these weekly newsy commentary about the news. Right.
0: It's just... Well, the fun part about a show like that, and for me, and the reason that JP and I do it is um, so that we can get out all of the just random things that we want to talk about and not have to uh, bother everybody on the real shows with that. I mean, people say I mess around enough on the Sunday show, never mind if I didn't have lunch meat as an avenue, (laughs) but that show would be terrible, too. So...
1: Well, I don't like this beer very much. Yeah, um, Uh, and I don't like. We can do is throw it out the window. I don't like the end. No, we can use this glass. Yeah, it's
0: unfortunate that uh, that happened, but uh, it's just kind of the nature of the the thing.
2: When we were tasting, uh,
0: it's
2: got a pretty red color. One,
0: I like, it,
1: and I like the uh,
0: the bubbles in the top. Using cough syrup. It's great color. It was a good beer to start, but something took hold of it. What are you gonna do?
1: That's the nature of homebrewing.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, it's really, it's actually an excellent point. Maybe it's a good thing that it happened because uh, not only do you have to have patience in the beer, but, you know, there's going to be times the entire batches are ruined. Um, It's just part of the learning process. It's part of what happens. And you got to roll with it. you got to enjoy the process enough and not just the end product to like it. Because if you're only doing it for the end product which is how I started doing it. Right. Um it's not worth it. It's really not. Just go and buy a really good commercial beer. Right. You got to do it cuz you need something. Yeah, it 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 really, you know what? It, it you, I find out on the brewing network, it enriches so many people's lives to be able to do that and some of them do it as families and and people do it as friends and they meet people. If it's not doing that for you, you know, don't bother. Well,
1: but look at what happened uh 3 weeks ago. The second anniversary party. Yeah. I mean, you know people flew from all over the world yeah. to come to that party mm-hmm. to hang out for for 4 hours yeah. get really drunk and throw up
0: and it was amazing. I mean, they told me. I, I heard people all week long just saying, you know, I wouldn't know this guy. I wouldn't be here talking with him and, and friends with him. Uh, he was at my house two weeks ago. We brewed together. We wouldn't know each other if it weren't for the community around the Brewing Network. He banged my wife. Which, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had those pictures if uh, if it weren't for the Brewing Network, and that was really heartwarming to me. <laughs> And, and to me, though, it's actually that home brewing is the community, and we just found a way to facilitate that. Right. And um, so, again, if you don't enjoy the whole process... If
1: you don't enjoy your community, then...
0: Yeah. There's you know. just there's plenty of really good beer out there that you don't have to make yourself, but uh, we did leave out one good thing about making it yourself, though. What's that? Uh, you know, we talked about the areas where you can't good, get good beer. Well, even in the areas where you can get great beer, like ours, there's always stuff... That if, especially if you're a world traveler, like motor.
1: Yeah, motor goes everywhere.
0: Um, there's always stuff that you don't find here, or that if by the time it gets imported here, it's not as good as it was when right. you had it. Homebrewing is perfect for that. I know a lot of guys who uh, maybe they were stationed overseas, they're in the military, and they had all these great German beers or English beers, wherever they were, and they come back home and they couldn't find them anywhere and didn't want to live without them. So they picked up a book and they started learning how to homebrew because you can make... Not only can you make anything you've ever experienced, but you can make stuff that nobody's ever experienced. Well,
2: on on part one we were talking about, also homebrewers can make beer that would be prohibitively expensive to make even at a brew pub. Yeah. That if you're making, like, fruit beers, Mm -hmm. and my example is my friend who did a raspberry stout with—he went to the farmer's market and, like, got $70 worth of raspberries for, you know, it just— into yeah, the thing. Yeah. And there's no way you would be selling that for ten dollars a pint yeah. at a brew pub. And That's right. also you can make crazy beer <coughs> Pardon me. And not make that on a you're not gonna if you make a mistake when you're brewing a batch at a brew pub, um you're also you're not so much out money, you're out production time. Yeah. But you've got an entire batch that you just flushed down the drain. That's right. And so you're a day three days behind on your cycle of making beer um and so that's another thing that if you want to just get really really freaky with your beer, yeah, and if you want to make and believe uh, me I do if you want to make bacon beer if mm. you want to make uh when are we you know, do that? you know if you want to make whatever it is, yeah. you can screw around that with that because you're making it on your scale, and you know that you're okay to go down and buy. You know, seventeen pounds of figs yeah. to throw into a pilsner to make a fig pilsner.
0: Well, in our, in our scale, bug up your
2: butt on that. Yeah,
0: and it's not expensive on our scale. Yeah. So you're absolutely right, and this really is something that should not be overlooked about homebrewing. Is that if you're just a real either an experimental person or if you just have a hankering for a beer that you, you can't get around here, homebrewing is for you. It's perfect. You know, you can do that.
2: Yeah. And th- the other thing that we talked about was. The, the sort of in between the the simplicity of Mr. Beer and the going out and make it yourself yeah. is going to the the brew on premises place. I've got a friend who's been doing this. The uh, as the comp, as the places move from one city to another, mm-hmm. he goes up with a bunch of friends and they do their brew on premises thing like twice a year, just sort of like a little party thing, and then come back with the beer either for Christmas or for, for whatever else. Yeah, and there you have the the adult supervision going. Here's our equipment. Here's what you do. It's true.
0: Yeah, a brew on premise is cool because they have everything set up for you. Um, I'll t- I, actually, I'll tell you what. It's it, it's cool for the same reasons that it actually that I don't like it. They they fall on both sides of the fence. All right. It's cool because everything is set up for you. It's cool because they have the recipe created for you. Um, you just go through the steps and you end up with a bunch of beer. It's not cool because everything is set up for you. And it's it's not-, not cool that you can't change the recipe. You have to brew what they tell you. It's also what you it's about 150 bucks to go right. do it. Well, you can see right there on your list of stuff right here, 150. for 150 bucks you get a great homebrew kit. Right. So, I'm not opposed to the brew on premise. It's if you have 150 bucks to drop, it's a cool way to figure out if you like the process. Well,
1: like I said, it's a good gift.
0: Yeah. But plus you get a lot more than 5 gallons of beer out of it. You brewing yeah. I think you brew twenty gallons or so. Right. It depends on the place, but I think it's always at least twenty gallons. So you're sharing it with people, and that's a cool way to do it. Yeah. Me, I wouldn't have done that because I don't have one hundred fifty bucks to drop. I'd rather look through there if I'm going to do it and and just buy the kit, you know, and, and try to do it myself. But, but it there is are a, all
2: these different avenues you can get into.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, gift in general, whether it be a brew on premise, right, or a or, Mr. Beer or a Mr. Beer or a, or a hundred dollar kit from a shop or. This, these are awesome gifts. I mean, it was a gift for me. I, I don't know how many people I've heard it, they started homebrewing as a gift. Um, if you have a significant other, I'll tell you this. It, you will be happy, and they will be happy on the day you give them the gift. A year from the day you give them the gift, they will be happy, and you will <laughs> and hate you be... that you gave them that gift. But uh, it's the other person. It's no, the... <laughs> I think the other way around,
2: that if you actually, uh, let's say we find a, a nice lady friend, uh-huh. and... Uh, the anniversary, the six month anniversary is coming up. Yeah, and you give her a home brewing kit. Give her a home <laughs> if, kit. Yeah, and if she's sleeping with you the next
1: day, you know you found the woman. <laughs> that's all <laughs> right. Yeah. And if she starts brewing beer, <laughs> yeah, for you, so you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> you can keep her.
0: There's a pro brewer. In fact, if you listen to our show, that's Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's. He got into home brewing. Now he's a pro, uh, but he got into it, uh, moved in with his girlfriend. Walked into her uh, spare room or something one day and saw all this, what turned out to be brewing equipment sitting there. And he didn't know what it was. He went, what is that? Well, I brew beer. So she brewed a batch with him and six months later threw him out because he was brewing all the time on her stuff (laughs) without her and she couldn't handle it anymore. And it changed his whole path and now he's a professional brewer. So it went the (laughs) other way around for that one. Didn't get the
1: girl, got the beer. That's
0: right. And I think he's happier for that. Probably. The gift that kept on giving. He's got
1: a nice brewery.
0: He does. Yeah. It's, uh, it's small. It's out in the open. In fact, if you want to see a, a pro brewing, downtown Joe's in Napa, because all you got to do is walk past the bar. Right. And there he is and all of his brewing equipment and everything.
1: It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. You know, big kettles. It's the heat exchangers right out in the open. Yeah. It's fun.
0: Even at 2-1-A, they have that secret window up in the that's loft. Right. You can look down. You
1: can watch the, everything that's happening. Yeah. That's not the secret window.
0: <laughs> Is that not the secret window? Is there another
1: one? Um, no, you just have to ask for the keys to, to the grain room, and uh, then there's a secret, secret window. I didn't know. I got to check the other secret
0: window. Motor has experience with the grain room. <laughs> oh, man. I've been, they showed me the wrong secret window. <laughs> Jerks.
1: No, that's Sean O's
2: fault. And at, at, yeah. at He's Magnolia, keeping it to himself. This, yeah. At Magnolia, they have the secret grate.
0: They do? Well, you we right. look
1: down through the hole in the floor into the brewery.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that either. So yeah, there's lots of secret in, brewing
1: places. Of, all kinds of interesting things, filters from the top down to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, anything, uh, we're going to close this up. Sure. Any last things you want to tell the potential wannabe home brewer before they go down this path of uh, of, uh, of making beer?
0: You know, I think I've said most of it. Um, if You you gotta enjoy beer first, obviously, and you gotta enjoy making things yourself. Um, Because if you don't, don't bother. It's work. It's definitely work. I mean, a brew day for me is uh, it's a six-hour day. Right. That that whole time I'm going through the brew process. You're
1: heating the water. You've got a sixty-minute boil or a ninety-minute boil.
0: Plus, I have to mash to get to the boil, so that's another sixty minutes right there. Okay. Uh, Then you got to cool it down. And then you gotta transfer it to a vessel, and then you gotta pitch your yeast and then you aerate your ye it's a process it is. um so you know you gotta like all that you definitely have to enjoy all that, but if you like beer and you, and you want the you want the best beer, you can the freshest you can have you know it's for you and um and then the other thing is just to remember that even as I'm saying all that, if you can boil water, you can make beer and um God, I hate I'm about to quote Charlie Papazian, and not because I don't love the guy he's fantastic but his the most famous quote in homebrewing. All you homebrewers out there know this. Uh, it's, relax, don't worry, have a homebrew. Like, that's all, that's <laughs> right. what you're there to do. And it's not a big deal. And you can turn it into as much or as little of a science as you want. And either way, you're going to be drinking beer at the end of it. So...
1: That's, that is a gift.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, if there was homework, the homework would be this. Ponder this before you uh, throw down. Mm. But... Um, Go find a Mr. Beer kit.
0: Okay, that's your recommendation. That's my
1: recommendation. If you've never homebrewed before and you've been thinking about doing it, you're not sure. You're sitting on the fence. Do I homebrew? Do I not homebrew? Yeah. Get a Mr. Beer kit. It'll cost you thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, and you get everything that you need to go brew. Yeah, and you can. You know, it's like, you know, we printed out the steps. It's four pages of yeah. what of of recipe. Yeah. That's easier than an IKEA coffee table. Pretty much, I mean. <laughs> That's true. That's five pages. Actually. And then, but <laughs> see, IKEA doesn't have. Uh, it has a line. You've got a traffic problem going into and out of. Yeah, you although I can't I've, find anything in the rat maze.
0: Although I think I've seen the Mr. Beer Kit at Ikea. <laughs> Pretty sure you can buy that there. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, but that's B-E-R with like a strange Ah, beer that's it. true. Right. So you might not know what that is. New
0: beer. Could I give an alternative yes, sir. extra credit assignment? Okay. Uh, because I don't, like I said, I've never, um, I, I don't have bad things to say about the Mr. Beer Kit. So I don't think that's a bad assignment. Um but i just would step it up a little bit and i would say buy i would say look around your house and see what you have okay see if you have a kettle see if you have a couple of things and then go buy the cheapest kit that you can find that's not a mr beer but where you're actually picking your own ingredients mm-hmm. and making exactly the beer you want a beer and you and you have to go through every step because that's really the only one that's going to give you the experience and also probably the best beer you've ever had my first beer my ipa it's probably still the best beer I ever had. And that's nostalgia, right? right. It's not because it was right. literally the best beer I've ever, <laughs> but it sure felt like it. And so I would step it up and say, you know, try to get the full kit.
1: Well, the thing is, the better kit is yeah. only double what a Mr. Beer kit is. It
0: is. And, and for some people, that's a lot. For me yeah. right now, that's a lot. So that's why I actually like your assignment about the Mr. Beer kit. I'm just throwing it out there that if that's not a lot for you, get the, yeah. get the regular kit, you know,
1: and I'm all I'm saying is, I'm not saying everybody go homebrew. I'm yeah. like, you know, sure. you know, if you've if you've been sitting on the fence, if you've been thinking about doing this, yeah. this is uh this is the time to
0: do it. It's the summertime for one. Yeah, you
1: know, you can brew in the backyard.
3: Can... <laughs> the That's
0: why he's here, man. That's exactly. why he Motors your co-host.
1: <laughs> 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 you know, you've got you've got, and then uh, by the time it's fall, by the time Labor Day's here, yeah. Or Memorial Day, whichever day it is, whichever one. Uh, you'll have beer. Yeah. It'll be beer. Made oh, by absolutely.
0: You. Even before then. Yeah. You'll have beer. Well, I like, you know, and with what you're saying, I really like that you two have tried it and decided, you know what, we like really good beer and we don't make really good beer. Right, exactly. So it's not for us. And that's fine. And that's what I mean, how it's not for everybody. I like that you guys have done that you know and for the cost of a Mr. Beer kit that's an easy lesson if you spend a little more on a basic kit it's still a pretty easy lesson you know you can always yard sale the stuff you can ebay always give it. to somebody else your brother your that's sister awesome.
2: your i gave away my i gave away everything that i had except for my my uh, bottle capper and uh, my hydrometer
0: ah oh, nice yeah the two fun things
2: the hydrometer is just like Love this! It's a big glass tube with numbers.
0: <laughs> and the I'm bottle capper. The, I'm never going to use it. I have it. no
2: reason to have a bottle capper. And I got the nice big tall one. Said little two parts. Ply- oh, you yeah.
0: like that? they both look like medieval torture devices, oh, yeah. and that's why you kept them. Yeah. Yes. Actually, so a lot of brewing equipment uh, looks like medieval torture devices. <laughs> now that I think of it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, you know I just would give that extra credit assignment there if I could.
2: All right. I would just put it as making your own beer. Yeah. And if you want to put some moldy bread in a bottle in some
1: water and see what
2: happens, yeah, you know. Well, the, the other thing you can do
1: is if, if you don't want to spend any money, uh, do an internet search, find your local homebrew club, yeah, and go hang out with those guys. That's right, because they will teach you. You know, they're always looking for people to go yeah. brew with. Because the thing is, is that brewing doesn't have to be done by yourself. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, friends getting together and and brewing a batch.
0: That's the way to do it. I don't. Um Actually, that's not true. I enjoy brewing by myself, uh-huh. but it's fun like uh, uh, to do it with, with a buddy. I do it with my roommate, and it's fun too. So, you yeah. brewed
1: with Doc. I mean, that's got. I've fun.
0: brewed with Doc. I hardly call it, call it brewing. We just sort Air- of, we drank all day with <laughs> beer making in between. Is kind of what it was, and that's the other thing. Actually, beer making is sort of an excuse to drink. I mean, what else are you going to do for six hours right. when you're standing there on the porch or wherever you are? Now, when you give out your homework. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I used to have homework in school, I had to turn in my assignments. You ever have people because this would be one assignment right. you're giving out. That'd be great to have well, returned. we'd Like
1: to see, we'd like to see the uh, the results. Yeah, with steaks.
0: Oh, what a great uh, <laughs> with those clams. The clams or some
1: salmon.
0: Oh, what a great follow up show it would make in two yeah. months. You know, if people send you their beer that they made.
1: We'll get uh, maybe a couple like this. We'll get a couple like this.
0: You will. You get a little we'll get, bit of everything.
1: We'll get like the the strawberry wheat that we had last week. Yes. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, thank you very much, Justin. for, for having being me. on the show, Justin Crosley from the Brewing Network.
0: Thank you. It was part a lot of, of fun.
1: Part of the uh, does the Sunday ses- the Sunday session. Yeah.
0: And lunch meat and. An AM 1550, every Saturday before the A's game. That's cool. If I can do a plug. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we just got moved over to there. So if you're in the Bay Area, 1550 AM, uh, it follows the A's, uh, whatever the A's schedule is, I'm on two hours before the A's game. So Perfect. And you're doing an hour-long show? Hour-long show. It's real quick and easy, and we just talk craft beer on that one. It's not homebrew. It's Ed, all craft beer.
2: As I've said before, it's the brewing network and if you can't spell those three words you don't belong on the internet
0: (laughs) (laughs) although google corrects you if you spell things wrong so just google it that way it'll say did you mean the The brewing Brewing network Network. (laughs) yeah and that's fine but it was fun i'll tell you like i said i've never been on this side and it was a lot of fun i appreciate you having me
1: well thank you very much for making the walk down here
0: yeah no worries
1: now it's time to go
2: drink beer all right
1: well no 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 we have one last thing to say and yeah, I know this? what that is. No. We have to it's say dark. <laughs> It's dark. What do we say? We say this Class, Class dismissed!
2: dismissed. <laughs> and then the recording goes on for
1: a while. Yeah, we oh, want that. Okay. No, yeah. you don't have to have the headphones on for that. No, it just rolls. Well. Yeah, it just, just rolls until, roll. roll. roll until we get tired and give up. After this is show. the darkest we've ever recorded. I know. We've never had it this dark in here. It's got to be what? Like, What's the one piece of gear that you wish you had?
0: You know, I wish I had a conical fermenter. Oh, yeah. But you not because I need one. Because you want one. Because it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> there's things you can do with it that are fun. It's just cool. Did you see those but new plastic conicals? Yeah, in fact, uh, well, there's a couple different ones, but the main one is the V vessel. Uh-huh. And I just met him out at the National Homebrewers Conference, actually. He was there showing it. Okay. What was and, the coolest uh, thing from the Homebrewers Conference? Not to steal the thunder of the next show you
2: do, but... No, what, not at what? all.
0: Um... You know, for me, uh, when's the show? When's the show going to get posted? Before Some, I do my, it'll get yeah, posted before tomorrow. You, yeah. Before your show, but
2: nobody listens to us. <laughs> yeah, There's that's not what a lot I of always process. say
0: too. The Push a
2: jack is a dick.
0: <laughs> We're not going to get email on that one. I have to. Uh, you say know, I know Sven's real name. You know, I used to too, and I forgot it because it's not important.
1: <laughs> but his wife was like, "Hey, let's go," and he used his real name. Like that's uh, not that
0: that. That's Sven. See, I thought that she calls him Sven now. No, she calls him by his real name. Uh, Well,
1: that was back in the day, so.
0: Oh, I didn't know it had
1: a little red nectar, too.
0: No,
2: it's uh, IPA nectar, which I think is Uh, a subset of
0: red nectar. Did you get some of that? No, I did. Sorry, I just drank a whole bunch Uh, of it. You have to have some from my glass. John's
1: got his can of surly there. Uh, I do not have (laughs) a can of surly here. Beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's our appropriate use of. of, of the, that word? A poo-poo yeah. language. Yeah. Is,
0: you know, some of my friends
2: told their children.
0: Yeah, I tried to cle- keep it clean at first, too. And then I realized, who cares? Not me. So we not started me. dropping F-bombs <laughs> on I'm
2: the boss. Yeah. Yeah. I like how he does that. It's like they do at the end of the newscast oh, yeah. on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Dave Letterman. Got to straight up the paper. Well, and the other Dave Letterman report. thing is
1: this. Oh, yeah. that, but that drives everybody nuts. And <laughs> you know, I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah, it rings on the mics. It does. So what's the weirdest
2: thing in your history of the Brewing Network?
1: Hey, kid, happened? give me something weird.
3: <laughs> of